name of the one who came to bring us abundant life. Amen. How many of you feel just just a smidgen of joy this morning? Even if you did have to wait across marathoners and half marathoners on your way here, it is a privilege and a joy to have you in worship this morning on this Thanksgiving day. On behalf of this whole community of faith and on behalf of our rector, Simon Mannering, who's in California with his family, you are warmly welcome at All Saints. The epistle this morning, that line, rejoice in the Lord always, again, I say rejoice, is such a familiar refrain. We know what it feels like when that energy and joy wells up in us. And this time of year, we look to lean into that and to let that nourish our souls. I was particularly struck, though, with the proximity of that very next line. Let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is near. I was recently in a small group that was having a conversation, and our facilitator invited us to turn to a partner and to share, to describe about an amazing meal we had had recently. The food, the ambiance, the company, the location. And before you knew it, the room was abuzz. And yes, this was a room full of Episcopalians, sharing with one another about where God had shown up for them lately in the miracle of a a meal shared. We know what that kind of nourishing conversation feels like, don't we? We crave it in our day-to-day lives. It's true. We do indeed hunger to hear the good news of where God has been drawing near. I especially love to hear it when people share with me about where God has shown up alongside them in their day-to-day lives. I had that experience this week on Tuesday night when we had our Covenant Community Thanksgiving meal for the city. Were any of you here that night? I see Phil in the back, yes. It was thousands, well, maybe not thousands, hundreds of people who had come from all around the city, folks who had gotten on buses from shelters, folks who live in the streets of our city, and they came and were our guests. It was a joy and a privilege to serve them a meal where they could sit down and relax and enjoy meals that had all the accoutrement that we'll probably enjoy all weekend long. Watching the men of Covenant community who have leaned into this tradition for over 25 years, extending beautiful southern hospitality, it was a true joy. And as sometimes happens in these moments where you have people turn out in droves, There was not really a whole lot for some of us to do. So I found myself in a conversation with a young adult, someone who had recently begun coming to church here, and he was sharing about an amazing experience he'd had during the holidays one year when he was serving in a prison ministry. You see, they would go down to visit inmates on death row and throw them a holiday party. It went from breakfast into the lunch hours, And they brought in all kinds of amazing food to share with the inmates and to express God's love in tangible ways. He said it was a tradition that had been going on for almost 20 years. He himself had only been 10 when that began, but he was excited to have been able to be part of it for a good chunk of time. And that particular year, there was a glitch. 
Now, if any of you are cooking or have left something at home in the oven, you know what it's like to worry about those contingencies that pop up. Well, the glitch in this case meant that for whatever reason, the miscommunication with the wardens and the coordinators, they were not able to bring in this much looked forward to feast that they had planned to share with the men who were on death row. And so they found themselves in a bit of a pickle, wondering, okay, how's this kind of party going to unfold? But still, they went to share conversation and the ministry of presence to see what God would unfold in that moment. And before they knew it, these men who very seldom received any kind of care packages from home, and if they did, you know, tried to make them last for 6 to 12 months because they wouldn't surely receive much uh, in the coming months, these men turned the place upside down, pulling out their own stores of food that they had received from their loved ones back home, Easy Mac and all kinds of other ready-made meals, items that they put together and decided to make for their hosts, the people who normally had cooked them breakfast and lunch. And this young man was describing just how humbling, how awesome it was to see that love and generosity as these men who had virtually nothing poured out everything they had to express love in that space. He pointed to that as one of the most spiritually meaningful moments of his life. And watching him tell that story, my spirit was nourished. We hear of that kind of transformation of histories in this story from Deuteronomy, where we're reminded when the people came into the land, when they had been delivered from slavery and brought through decades in the wilderness, God had laid upon them the privilege to tell that story, to come and to share their gifts and to proclaim what God had done in their lives. It was, a, it was a risk to do that, right? I mean, year to year, you didn't know if the crops were going to be plentiful. They certainly didn't have refrigeration back in that day. So, you know, holding on to stores of grain or the fruits of the land may or may not have been possible. So part of the privilege of participating in God's blessing was to bring it, to share it. In this reading, we see it in the context of ritual in the temple, in worshiping God and in giving the first fruits of our harvest to the Lord. But there was more to it than that. That ability to come to the temple and be nourished and be fed would be shared with those who are in need, who are vulnerable, who had nothing, who had not been able to grow things in the land. It's a beautiful reminder that for our gentleness to be known, requires us to recognize how the Lord draws near. And yes, sometimes that comes in the abundance of blessing that flows through our lives and our chance to share it, as we did Tuesday night with the men and women who came from all over our city to experience God's love through that shared meal. Sometimes, though, it comes when the tables are turned. The people of Israel, after all, had been slaves in Egypt, had been oppressed, had no identity, no hope or future, and God had turned the tables, had taken the oppressive situation they were in and transformed it, bringing them into freedom and a place of joyful participation in God's dream for creation. When the Lord comes near, we are awakened to see the power, the miracle of God's presence 
coming to us in the stranger, in the transformation of histories of people who have been oppressed, people who have known suffering and pain, including ourselves, in the sharing of essential resources. I love that metaphor when they talk about the land God gave the people as a land flowing with milk and honey. means it, it was given from one person to the next. It wasn't just given from the land to the people. It was a blessing shared. When we come together in this house of prayer, we know the Lord's presence drawing near to us in all kinds of ways. We come from different life circumstances, indeed probably today from different parts of the country, and we come longing to experience that reassurance that God indeed has drawn near to us. In the sacrament of the prayers that we share, in the stories of our faith and telling them and reminding them to one another, in the breaking of bread and letting Jesus, the bread of the world, nourish our spirits, we are transformed and changed. Letting the Lord come near means we go out with eyes that are able to see, to see the sacrament of grace flowing in our lives every moment of the day, in our discoveries and disappointments, in all of our questions and questing, and especially when we risk saying what we have known of our vulnerability and God's provision. Sharing those stories of God's transforming love at work in our lives can nourish people in ways we never might guess. For me, what makes today, Thanksgiving Day, so precious is this opportunity to slow down. We travel from all over to be with those we love and to tell one another the stories of where we have seen love nourishing the whole world. We celebrate God's presence in our lives, the one who is always walking beside us, the one who wants to awaken us to that holy presence in our midst. This journey of faith we are privileged to share invites us to learn, as the First Nation peoples, the Lakota peoples put it, how to trust the great mystery that comes to us through our heart, our mind, our intuition, and the senses of the body. Indeed, the presence of God that blesses us with that presence of love, allowing us to participate, to let go of our fear, and to lean in to the beauty and joy. So I want to invite you. I know we'll probably go to lots of different contexts, some of us to restaurants, some of us back home to family, maybe some of us for a day of contemplation on our own. However we will spend today and the next few days, I invite you to think of one person, someone you think might be someone you'd be willing to share some nourishing conversation with in the near future, whether it's this weekend or in the days to come. Maybe it's somebody in your family you haven't seen for a long time. Perhaps someone you don't even know yet. Look for the Lord drawing near in your life. And then risk telling that other person how you have been nourished by this holy sacrament of love on your journey of faith. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. 
Let's let our gentleness be known to all as we bear witness to the Lord who is very near. Amen. <laughs>